When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Empire. Hello and welcome to my podcast. Today, I'm joined by USA Today's Mike Jones as we discuss the Washington football team. Can they ever get it going under owner Dan Snyder? I love Mike's perspective because he knows his place and he's also covered the rest of the NFL. So he offers a unique look. By nature, I'm more of an optimist and always think there's a way to make any situation work. It's kind of an outlook I learned growing up for various reasons. But is there hope here? In in legitimate hope. In some ways, yeah, sure. In others, relies on ownership. There are bad dudes and bad owners all over sports. Some of them win. How? Great ownership impacts building a consistent winner more than a team that can win every couple years. The latter could depend on, say, drafting a quarterback like a Kyler Murray and then being able to make it work. So there are all situations where you where teams have won, but there are two decades of, of failure or a lack of success here. So Mike and I discuss the situation. You can follow Mike on Twitter at ByMikeJones and read his work in USA Today. He does a great job covering the NFL and offering insight and opinions on breaking news in particular. You, of course, can read my work on ESPN.com and listen to my opinions, well, here. I'm also on Instagram at ESPN. Before I play my conversation, one note on a transaction that happened Tuesday, the release of kicker Chris Blewett. I never liked signing him, and it's not about whether or not I like Dustin Hopkins. I saw the same inconsistencies that everybody else did. But it's all about when you make a move, you can't separate and say, well, releasing Dustin Hopkins was great, but it was the guy they signed was bad. No, it's a one-for-one transaction. So the transaction was not a good one. So if you want to get rid of Dustin Hopkins, that's fine. But who are you replacing him with? And you did so with a guy that hadn't kicked in the game since 2016. That was a massive gamble. Did it cost them a game? Well, who knows? He had two kicks blocked versus Denver in a game where Washington moved the ball at the end and perhaps would have been in position to attempt a game-winning kick rather than try for the end zone. But we also know that as points are scored, games play out differently, teams react differently, so you never know. But those misses had an impact on that game. Also, anyone who thinks that cutting Hopkins was going to send a message to other players I think you're kind of fooling yourselves. Cutting an inconsistent kicker, again, we all saw the same thing. It doesn't move the needle for other players like some other moves may have done. Big moves with position players send a message, whether it's a benching or a move or something. Washington gambled in looking for a more consistent kicker, and it failed. At least one thing where I give them credit, they moved on quickly. But now we're back in a situation where the team is hoping for a young leg to develop. Joey Sly, whom they signed, had, been, had he been available at the time of Hopkins' release and they signed him, I'd have understood that move a lot better. Sly's stats are kind of Hopkins-esque. Not quite as good, but, you know, he's still young in his career. He's young, perhaps can grow as a kicker. Hopkins is what he is at this point. That's why I say, like, 
looking for another guy. That was smart. You had to. We saw the same thing. He wasn't, he had not changed as a kicker. The inconsistencies were going to be there. But the blue up move never made sense. And again, you cannot separate the two because this is who they cut Hopkins for. But I think right now they're in a better spot. Again, a young guy that, that they're familiar with that maybe they can grow and develop and see him gain the kind of consistency they absolutely needed from Hopkins. All right, after this break, I'll be back with Mike Jones from USA Today as we discuss Washington's ownership situation. Can they still win here? Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Welcome back. Now here's my conversation with Mike Jones from USA Today. All right, welcoming back my good friend, Mike Jones. And before, before we get going, I always have to ask if you've been able to smoke anything, grill anything, do anything that has been fun. I at least had a bye week where I really didn't have a bye week, but technically it was. But it gave me the chance on the weekend to at least grill some brats, do some pork loin in the smoker. Have you had a chance to do anything? Two weeks ago, um, I did uh, the jerk chicken recipe that oh, I told you about. The, be- the and- world's best jerk chicken recipe. Yes, right? I have not, yeah. I hadn't done it in a while. And I had um, a Tuesday and that's where I'm home. Um, and so I had to go on the road on thir- on Saturday. So Saturday morning, I put it all in the, um, no, Friday, I soaked it, you know, did the brine. Then Saturday, I soaked it in the paste, the jerk paste. And so then- Monday and then Tuesday, I popped it out, threw it on the grill, um, and um, it was great. Uh, that has been the most I've done. I think it was um, a few weeks before that I did some ribs. Have not done um, a pork shoulder in a while, uh, just because it's been so hard uh, time wise to yeah. you know, go back. But I did get a new smoker, um, and so uh, I was I was happy. My neighbor, I wasn't happy. My neighbor moved, but um, old guy <laughs> bought a smoker, and he was like, you know. I bought this thing and I never really use it. And he was moving to Alabama and he said, you want this thing for 75 bucks? And I was Whoa. like, yes, I will take it. Um, so, uh, and it's, uh, you know, I'm like, this guy doesn't realize an Oklahoma Joe smoker um, is not, um, uh, you know, $75. But is it an offset? Sure that's all you want. Yes, it is. And right. I said, are you sure that's all you want for it? He's like, I just sold my house. I just made a lot of money. You can take it. So, wow. Uh, fantastic um so i did ribs then that was i think like august um and uh so i was happy with that and then did like i said the jerk chicken um that is what i also have is the oklahoma joe's and so it's it's worked well for me so good that's a that's a good deal man so let's get back to football or start with football and i do want to take a look i want to ask opinion on some other broader topics but with washington starting the second half of course two and six you know this place, but you also cover the league. So I always like your opinion on these things. What is there a feeling around the NFL? If you even talk to people about this place, about what's going on, 
do they have the right people in place to get this place possibly turned around at some point? Yeah, you know, I did a thing a couple weeks ago. Um, actually, was that last week? Man, I tell you, it's like everything seems so long ago, but it actually <laughs> last week um, about the biggest disappointments of the first half. Yes. Of the and I, I checked with them, you know, multiple people, multiple teams, um, and uh, three guys um, mentioned either Washington's defense or Chase Young um, mm -hmm. as, um, you know, some of their most disappointing um, aspects of the first half of the season and really just kind of scratching their head as to why um, he is not playing at a higher level, why the defense as a whole isn't playing at a higher level, because everybody expected hey, they had a really good defense. And yeah, the questions might be at quarterback, but the defense is going to keep them in games. Right. So they'll be there close and maybe they can eke out some wins here and there, um, you know, with, uh, with if they can have some solid um, quarterback play, didn't need a world beater. Uh, but, you know, that defense has not been there like uh, it was expected. And, um, you know, there are some questions. A couple of people have said, uh, you know, they don't have a real, you know, a real GM calling the shots. Um, maybe somebody to kind of overrule Ron on some things here and there, um, you know. And also, does he have anybody to really challenge him or are they a bunch of yes men around him? Um, and so that's been the question, kind of the feel when I talk to people about what this first half of the season has been. Can they turn it around? I don't know, man. Um, it, it is still, you know, perplexing why the defense is playing the way it is. And then also, you're not going to go out there. I mean, the quarterback situation isn't going to change. When Fitzpatrick, when he gets back, maybe that'll help, you know, stabilize things a little bit. But there's still a lot of, a lot of questions, a lot of issues that I don't know if it can be fixed in a half of a season. Right. And I'm not even talking about fixing it this season. And I'm not sold that Fitzpatrick will make his way back. We still have to yeah. learn that. Um, I would, if I were a Washington fan, I'd probably brace for the opposite because, but we don't know at this point, we st there's still more to learn, but I think you just kind of look at it that way. And then, but going forward in the future, that's more what I'm, because this year is going to be tough. If you, I think right. they need to play well down the stretch to reestablish themselves, but they're really, you know, you, at some point you kind of start looking ahead a little bit. And that's why I wonder, do they have the right parts in place? Um, to get it not just now, but going forward in 2022 and beyond? Yeah, that's a question. Um, and, and the problem when you look at the quarterback position is, and a couple of people said this to me too, it, it would have made sense if they drafted a quarterback this year, um, even if they didn't play him, but then they could, could develop him and then be ready to turn things over to him next year. But they didn't do that. And so, um, you know, they're, they're back right where they were going to have to find another veteran quarterback, you would think, um, uh, to, to plug in there. The problem is, is what veteran quarterback is going to want to come here? Um, if a guy has, you know, people ask me about Sean Watson, they ask about Aaron Rodgers. Um, it's like, if a guy's got a no trade clause, do you really think he's going to waive it for the Washington football team? Which, you know, if you're Deshaun Watson, you're at a dysfunctional organization, you want to, to be better. Why do you want to come to another organization that's also dysfunctional? Rodgers isn't going to want to come here. Um, so trading for a top-level guy isn't going to work. Now, could Tua be available? Um, you know, do they like him enough? Uh, I don't know. Um, so it, maybe this second or third-tier type of veteran, um, it's going to be a while. And the problem is, is that rebuilding in the NFL, it used to be maybe a three- to five-year project but now it's expected to be like a two-year right. type of thing and 
you know, Ron seems like he's suddenly expanding the timeline when he's talking and, um, you know, maybe trying to buy himself some more time. But I don't know. Again, the questions are from a, a front office perspective, do they have the right people? Do they have people that will challenge Ron um, and, and make some tough but smart decisions? Um, you know, they do have some pieces, but there's going to have to be changes um, on defense. Um, I don't know. Del Rio does a lot. You know, some people say, you know, he's coaching the team and Ron's kind of the CEO, um, but his defense isn't working right now. I don't know if there's a change there coming. Um, I haven't heard that, but you just look at this unit and the way it's underperforming and you have to sense that there's got to be some changes. And, and, I, and I think you bring up, because you brought up Chase Young too, when, when people talk about him, what is it that they're, we know, I, I mean, I know what I'm seeing and, and I know like, when I talk to people here and all that, but I'm curious what outsiders see that that is different from him than what they were expecting. Is there anything in particular they point to? And I think you talk about changes, like that's one change, but I don't know, is that Del Rio or is that Sam Mills, a D-line coach, or is there something else they can do there? But just with Chase, what are some of the areas, if, if, if they got specific with you, that they maybe they are disappointed in? Um, the two of the guys were kind of just like, what's going on there? I don't understand. Why didn't he not? Um, well, one guy did say it seems like he's more hesitant. He doesn't seem like he goes all out. He said he, there's a lot of extra footwork yes. in there, um, you know, instead of just like getting right up there. Agree um, a thousand percent. Right. Didn't get um, another really counter move that it looks like he's really comfortable with. When you didn't know him, they just knew he had college tape. Maybe he and the thing is, it was really the second half of the season when he really came mm -hmm. on um, last year. Now that there's film on him and you know how um, uh, to, to defend him a little bit what does he throw back at them? And there, there doesn't seem to be that there. And so um, I think that might be one thing that's hurting him. Uh, but again, that was one guy who said that the other guys were more so uh, the other guy who named Chase Young said, I don't understand why he didn't take a leap. And the third guy was the one who just said the defense as a whole. Um, yeah, is yeah. Real and, and, and my thing too, going forward for them is if the defense doesn't get solved, the issues are far greater than just quarterback. And if you're a Washington fan, that's not what you want because it means that whatever they're doing has not worked at all. Um, right. With Martin, with Mayhew and Marty Herney, and you know, you said maybe not a real GM of those two. What I, what do you hear about them maybe from others in the league? Do, you know, anything in particular? Well, I mean, I know that Martin is respected. Um, I just got the list of of uh, minority uh, front office and coaching candidates that. Uh, the league vets and recommends to teams for consideration for GM and head coaching jobs. And Martin's name is on the list. Right. Um, he's, been again, a, he's been an experienced guy and he's smart. Right. Right. Um, but again, I think that the, the questions people have is, are those guys strong enough to challenge Ron or has the setup been, Hey, this is my show. You guys do this for me. I'll make the last call. Does Ron accept, and nobody said he doesn't, but they just wonder, like, right. does he accept pushback? Um, you know, does Marty or does Martin have the ability to be like, no, Ron, Ron, this is not working. We've got to go in this direction. And would he listen? Or are they kind of just deferring to him? They give a little input. And then, um, you know, that, that was just the question. But again, people respect him. Um, yeah. He's, you know, again, like you say, he's got experience. Um, he's got respect around the league. But it's just the dynamic there um, of, okay, you've got basically two former GMs here kind of sharing GM duties right. and referring to the head coach, whereas maybe it's better if you have um, one guy 
that works hand in hand with the head coach. Uh, I don't know. I also want to, you know, that coach centric model, which was bigger years ago than it is now. Um, I always wonder about the effectiveness of it. And is that something you hear too? Like that model, is it? And again, Mike, here's the other thing, Mike, if you get to go out and get a good quarterback, things can look differently than they do now. And so that we're looking at all these reasons why, and it could be just as simple as you get a good quarterback. I mean, I, you know, I mean, maybe a great quarterback solves all these issues, but um, so sometimes you can, the, the, you know, we're looking at all these reasons why it may be a simple answer, but do do you hear about the coach centric model much? Um, No, because it would not with this case. Um, It's just that, People are like, well, Ron hasn't really had big personnel say, the ultimate personnel say uh, before, and this time he does. Um, and, you know, with some coaches, they have a hard time of balancing looking at the long-term picture mm-hmm. and the immediate picture. But Ron doesn't seem to have that problem. It's no, I think he's actually pretty good with a long-term, mm-hmm. um, you know, picture. You know, and I remember sitting down with him at training camp, and I said, you know, why, why didn't you guys make a different or a more dramatic move at quarterback or draft somebody and he was like you know I felt like when you looked at what we had last year we just really needed a game manager Mm -hmm. um you know as he's continuing to assemble he kind of wants to follow that model like Buffalo where they set the table Mm -hmm. but they set the table one year and then they got Josh Allen and continued setting the table um he I think he wants the roster to be as strong as possible then drop the kid in there Mm -hmm. um but you know, it kind of sounded complacent to me. Like, well, we really just needed a game manager. Why are you just going for a game manager? Um, why not be better um, or try to be better than that? Uh, because, and again, if you wanted Fitzpatrick to be your game manager this year, why not have somebody that you're developing uh, for next year? Because next year you're going to have to find somebody and you were hoping that you could contend for the, the division again. So that means you weren't going to have a top pick to be able to get, you know, but, you know, there was Mac Jones at 15 and he's doing pretty well. Um, so you never know, uh, but right. you know, it's, it, it is, you know, and I know part of it was not wanting to give up too much for the future to move up, to get a Justin Fields. Um, and you, cause you would have had to go up to what 11 to get him um, or even Mac Jones, but it sounded like the Patriots were kind of intent on grabbing him. So I don't know what would have worked or what wouldn't have worked. Um but, I, but that, I think, was always part of the discussion. But I also think that they felt like between the quarterbacks they had, not anticipating Ryan Fitzpatrick getting hurt in the opener, but that the defense right. would be better and would allow these quarterbacks to play a certain role and keep them in games and let the defense maybe win games. So it was um, a lot of it was dependent on that defense looking good. And so looking at the quarterback classes, you brought you know Watson and Rodgers, and I, I agree, like Watson would not, you know, everything I've heard would he would not waive his no trade clause to come here. Rogers, it sounds like Denver would be the place. Right. What have you heard about like a guy like Mitch Trubisky? Because he's with guys that Ron knows and trusts and Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott. Have you heard anything about him and, and um, maybe how it's hard because he hasn't played. So what do we know? Yeah. You know? Yeah, we don't really know. And I haven't started talking that far down. It's a little bit early for that for you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, You know, but as far as, you know, I think that the guys that are on that list is Tyrod Taylor, Teddy Bridgewater, Jameis Winston, Cam Newton, which isn't coming here, Brian Fitzpatrick, Taysom Hill, Mariota. Um, Mariota is one that, you know, this past offseason, I had wondered if that Mm -hmm. would be an intriguing option for them. Um, Yeah, with Trubisky, the problem is, like you said, 
is you just don't know. Um, he showed some signs of having some potential and maybe it was didn't seem like he was quite supported right with uh, Matt Nagy and the coaching there. Um, you just kind of wonder. But again, that's really kind of rolling the dice on somebody, it is. you know. So again, and I haven't had a whole lot of free agency talks yet. It's too, uh, it's I, way too early. This is this is a Washington reporter looking way ahead right now, and I get that. And I know even like with a guy like Mitch, you're probably going to still want to draft somebody too because you right. don't know if he's going to hit, and it may just be a one year guy. Um, I still even at the end when Mitch would have good games in Chicago, I kind of look at the how it came about, and I'm like, there's still an inconsistency there with mechanics and all that where this game it looks good but the next game it's going to be off because those same the mechanics lead to inconsistency so we'll see but you know again another decision or another discussion for down the road but i the other thing i'm curious too like you know obviously washington fans do not like this owner and are convinced they'll never win with this owner and so far in two decades they've been right but you've covered there are teams around the league that how much worse of he is, is he as an owner compared to some other teams that you cover that are actually now winning? Is there that big a difference? And if so, what is it? I mean, there's a lot of bad owners around the league. Um, you know, I mean, look, Detroit has got a bad ownership group. But they also not- lose. That's not the example Washington fans want to hear. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. You know, there's there's you know, there's a lot of bad ones. Um, and but there's not bad people. Um, you know, there's been a lot of bad stuff that, you know, as uh as people, um, then that's the reason why people um, really are, are convinced about Snyder that it won't, but also just the way he does things. I mean, there's just never, you know, most, most teams follow a traditional, like have a real GM, um, right. you know, type of thing. And there's never kind of been that desire to have a real one here. It's, uh, it's been so weird. How does Snyder compare? Look, they kind of change, you know, from year to year on, you know, they want to spend big, then they want to be, you know, uh, financially, you know, conservative and built to the draft. And I don't know. I just think that there's just never a clear vision um, because he doesn't have a real football guy in his um, ear. I mean, he had Bruce Allen and Bruce Allen wasn't really a real football guy. Which I mean, is shocking to say, considering his background, but that you're right. right. He was an agent, um, you know, and worked in some front offices, but wasn't a real, had no experience as a team architect. Um, And they haven't wanted to bring in that type of guy. Um, Even Scott McLuhan, um, you know, he was a very talented scout, but he wasn't um, an experienced GM. Uh, So I don't know. Um, I don't know what would ever change with this team. Well, Um, you know, I think it's almost like you have to get fortunate with some picks and hit on some picks. Yeah. Um, and hope that he just stays in the background with some of these things. Cause that that's where I think, you know, if you, if you get fortunate and you built the right way, cause I'm not blaming Dan Snyder for this season. Like he's not the reason why right. the defense is, is underachieving and, and all that. But, but I am curious though, because when you look at what's going on here and again, if he's going to stay as owner, is there any level of, what is the level of hope for a Washington fan that this will ever change? And so that's why I wonder, you look at, the Bidwells were a terrible ownership group for a long time. Right. Then but. you hit on some things, but you also get Kyler Murray and you make the right coaching hire. And now suddenly you look what you're doing and, you know, you look at the Niners and they look like they were going somewhere and now they're not. And, right. you know, and um, so it's just, it, I, you know, it's a hard thing. And is it just because of him that they can't get a turnaround or is it because of some other circumstances? 
Uh, I don't. I mean, I don't think it's just because of him, but just for whatever reason, it is. Um, one guy said, "Man, it's just, it's never just about football, correct? Um, you know, um, and they have football people in place, and you know, Ron's having to spend time ans- answering questions about non-football stuff, you know, um, and there are distractions throughout the building about non-football stuff. Yeah, I don't know what the hope is, you know. Well, I mean, again, yeah. like you can hope that look." They had RG3, so they got what looked like the right pick. They had the right offense for him. That rookie year was huge. Then he gets hurt, and then that causes the friction with Shanahan, and then Shanahan was out. Um, So it looked like, oh, kind of like, okay, they got the franchise quarterback. There's hope, and then something bad always happens. Um, But you just have to hope that things can fall into place, and you can start building something here. Um, And I know that's the hope every year. Um, I, I really just don't even know what to tell people. But, you, know, and you know, it's funny though, because you bring up, and this is something I would tell people here this all the time that, you know, you, a philosophy. I've, all, I've never felt like there was an organizational blueprint or philosophy from the ownership group. Now, no. I think you can talk to Ron Rivera and he's got a vision in mind and he's got a blueprint in mind about how things need to go. And yeah. that's all good. And I think that's where, if you, you know, we've seen good coaches come in here with the right way of doing things. And it hasn't always worked for whatever variety of reasons. And But I've never felt like the ownership group has had that. This is how you build things. It's always been fire aim ready. And yeah. rather than like, you know, I believe in this, this, and this. And I remember asking, we had to do an assignment one time for ESPN where I'm like, what's the organizational credo? And it's just, just win. Or no, we want to win. We want to win championships. Well, that's not a credo. That's a right. desire, but it's not a credo. Like, how do you get, like, you know, we believe in, like, you look at the Steelers have a clear organizational belief and it's why they've maintained success for a long time. So that's always been one of the things that I've felt was lacking here, which it yeah. sounds like you would agree with that. No, exactly. Um, yeah. I mean, ownership <laughs> yes. is funny. I mean, I, it's, but like, look, he's been the owner for, for two decades now and he doesn't look like he's learned anything, um, hasn't learned how to do this thing better. Um, and there have been many people, many great football minds brought into the building, um, mm-hmm. and they never get to see it through. Um, and so patience is definitely not the credo. Um, then there was a time with, you know, with Bruce Allen and them, they were probably too patient. Um, Just you know, a little bit. they gave Jay six years. So it's, it's really, it's kind of, and again, like I grown up in this area, I've seen all this stuff, you know, I mean, it's just like, and it's, it's hard to get your mind around. Um, and people want to say that, you know, I'm a hater or whatever, but like, it is, it feels like it's only here and people who have left this organization and gone to other, I was talking to one guy who left this organization and is now working for another team in the division. And he said, you don't realize how bad and how like, how bad it is until you get out. Like you knew you're keeping your head down, you're working, you knew you're dealing with some stuff, but there, he's like, there's a lot of distractions that make it hard for even the football people to do their job. Um, yeah. And so until those distractions are gone, I don't know, you know, what changes. And, and I think one of the things that would benefit them is if he's able to stay away, if, if they just say, you know, would have been better for the NFL to just say you're, you're done for a year, just stay away from the building and all that. And, the, you know, the other thing that I think they needed to do, too, is start taking care of employees better just with the pay. And like I would hear from scouts who were there, like who said, I liked working there. They just didn't pay. 
And yeah. you look at the level of pay for other jobs in that building compared to around the league, and it usually is lower than everywhere else. And this is a big market, an expensive place. And, and they, you know, so that was always something I think they've worked to correct some of that. I don't know to what level yet, but that was more so in the past. And that it cost them to it cost them losing some good people and caused frustration as well. So, you know, there are, you know, and that's funny because like I always say they're good football minds there now. You know, yeah, yeah. you know, there still are. It's just will they be able to see it through? And will, but the key will be goes back to that quarterback position and can they get that guy? And so I think that will be. Because again, Dan Snyder's not going anywhere. So you work around the parameters and like, all right, this isn't this isn't going to change unless something comes out in congressional hearings, which I don't know what year, but I don't expect anything to change at this point based yeah. on what we know. But short of that, then it's like, well, how do you then have success if this is a guy who hasn't had any success for two decades? How can you still then go out and have that? Um, and, you know, I, I, it comes back to quarterback. Yeah. You know? So and they've tried every route. They've tried the high pick. They've tried the, you know, the the trades for big name veterans and they've tried journeymen and they've tried, you know, everything. Tried everything. Well, yeah. and like and that's why, you know, I feel bad for these fans because I know there was a portion that are like, well, maybe Taylor Heineke will be Kurt Warner. He's not. And that's okay. Like if he's just a backup, they found a backup. That's good. But but that's what I, you know, but I think it they've been reduced to that because nothing else has really worked. You had, you had a guy in, you know, like you said, Robert, like we thought he'd be here for 10 years being a star. And then Kirk, it never timed up. And I don't even know if they had kept him, what would have been different? Would they still have just been a 500 team with him, you know, given the cost. And then you're not, you don't exactly have the same team around him. You know, you can't just plug Kirk in here and say, this is what it would have been like, because they wouldn't have the same team. When they had Chase Young. And he's got a better roster than he, you know, in Minnesota, and he still isn't, you know. I mean, right. You know? Yeah. So, so I don't want to rewrite history on that one. That would have been once once they once the initial offer was made, that thing was done, and you were never going to sign him. But you know, there's a whole road we can go down on that one, and it's like it's not worth it because it it's it's yeah. not relevant, and it wasn't going to happen. So, um, so I don't know, Mike. It's. You know, and my, my job is not to provide hope for fans, but but if you do look and say, this is a situation, how can you still have success? And are there other organizations that have had success with really bad owners? And the answer is yes, but you've got to have some level of luck, but good ownership always makes the difference in the end. Yeah, you're well, right. Last thing, this is not Washington, but Kyle Shanahan, what kind, what do you think is going on there? Because, you know, this is his, what, fifth year? This will be a fourth yeah. losing season if it continues. Right. That's the thing is like, man, um, and that was uh, other people named the 49ers as some of their biggest uh, disappointments. Um, you know, they always, they seem snake bit from a injury perspective, you know, um, Jimmy G is always getting hurt. And that's part of the reason why they drafted um, uh, Trey Lance when they did, but they've had other injuries uh, that always keep them from, but everybody's got injuries and they have a way of dealing with them. I mean, look, even last week, or this past Sunday, the Arizona Cardinals didn't have Kyler Murray, DeAndre Hopkins, um, AJ Green, um, or Chase Edmonds. And they're on the road in San Francisco and put up 400 yards and 30 plus points with Colt McCoy. Um, But they're they're built the right way. Um, I know Shanahan and and Lynch are are in lockstep, uh, but even people there in the building have told me that they're kind of scratching their heads as to why their offense hasn't had better rhythm. They really thought that things were going to be better, um, you know, 
wise. Um, you know, losing Salah, I think, was big, um, uh, you know, for their defense. Um, and, you know, and Nico Ryan's is, you know, young, still learning, and, you know, that'll take a little time. But Kyle really has got to get them, Yeah. you know, he's he was... them, they've got to be in the mix. They were supposed to be contending for the division this year, yeah. um, and now that's not doesn't look like that's going to happen. And it looked like, okay, they made it to the Super Bowl, and then there's the big drop-off. And I think that that has helped, you know, buy him some time because you saw what the potential could be. But eventually that starts running out. So you've got to get this thing turned around um, pretty quickly and be have a strong end to the season. I'm not saying he's going to get fired this year, but if they don't have a strong end to this season, then next year you never know if he could be on the hot seat there because that wasn't like a six-year contract that right. he signed. Is Jimmy G a guy that – Teams should. How hard should teams look at him? And like, what what is the opinion of him from people you talk to? Um, I think that he's a solid guy. Uh, people people see him as that. I don't think anybody sees him as a franchise savior. But if you have a strong roster um, around him, um, you know he's a serviceable guy. Um, I think, yeah. I mean, that could be, you know, an option. Somebody that you look at. I mean, there was talk that you know you're wondering, hey, you know, would, would the Patriots bring him back, and then they could keep rolling so there was you know in the right system he can be very effective if he can stay healthy again right that's, that's a huge issue for him you know, that's a big big issue for him um and um, you know so ability wise yes but again you know how they say your best ability is availability yeah, right. and, you know that's that's the the question about him well mike now that we've depressed washington fans it's time to go <laughs> <laughs> exactly you know but i think they're probably used to it right now yeah, and like I said, I mean, there's always a way. Like, listen, when Jay was here, there were teams that they built that I thought with better coaching, this is a 10 or 11 win team. And right. you know what I mean? And so, like, can you get there? I do think you can get there. Can you sustain it? Then that's a culture thing that starts from the top down. You know, and that that's why I say, like, there are always ways that you can get there because we've seen it for blips on this, you know, on the on, at a time, like with Joe Gibbs, but you know, it's still it's sustaining it. Sustaining it is the key, and, and that's the key. Complacent because remember that year that Bruce Allen said, he "Yes, we we were we thought we were better than what we were." Um, and so you have to find a way to continue to build and not just be like, "Oh, well, let's just keep things the way they are." You got to continue to find a way. Yeah. To well, that's why, like that year, they should have traded Kirk in the offseason, but they thought they're eight, seven, and one. You think, and then listen, Alex Smith was not a bad trade. He just got, he got hurt. And like, what, I don't know that he fit Jay completely, but if he stays healthy, they're a 10, you know, they could be a 10, 11 win team the next That's year. Smart guy so, on the field. And, yeah. You know, so, yeah. so there are like, and there's, so there's been some really, really bad luck involved as well. But you, but the problem here is like, you've got to hit on those to give yourself a chance. And that's what they have done. And I will say like, even this off season, I know from talking to them throughout the offseason that they still felt like to be a true contender, it was another year or two. And that's why I think if they felt like they were really close, they'd have been more aggressive going after a guy, whether giving more for Matthew Stafford or moving up to get a Fields or a Mac Jones or someone like that. But yeah. we'll see. Back to it again this offseason. We'll have the same conversation in February right before free agency. Yeah. And, you know, there we go. So, Mike, thanks a lot and enjoy, enjoy the rest of the season. All right, man. Thanks for having me. That's it for this episode. Thanks to Mike for joining me. And thanks to you, as always, for listening and for sticking with the show. 
I'll be back with another episode Thursday night. Talk to you next time.